Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. I'm Laura Rankhorn. I'm Kim Crumbly. And together we are Counselor Accents. Together we are waiting on this ice storm. I'm waiting on the ice storm. You know that when we say ice, it doesn't go well with our transcription. People don't know that we're saying I-C-E, ice. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. So everybody that listens to us just now thought that you were being very vulgar. I will fall on my ice due to the ice. Okay. Sorry. I'll stop. Now we have to put an expletive. Now we have to put the E that this is an X. What's the word? Um, what's the E? What you put an E out if there's like uh, expletives or it's not suitable for children. Oh, oh. Now, now we have to change our whole setting on this. I, I have said nothing but us. That's all I have said. Um, so you look lovely, Laura. Good to well, see thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, we were just talking about my shirt and my earrings came from the website. Some people say it Shein. Some people say it Sheen. Some people say it Shine. I say Shein. That's how I pronounce it. So that's probably mm. incorrect. But um, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Well, thank was, you for telling me about you're welcome. Shein. You're because welcome. I, you know, I am a more of an Ann Loft, anti, which I think is the go-to teacher look. Okay, so I have yes. the go-to teacher look, but I'm going to check this out because you look fabulous. Well, thank you very much. Um, my earrings were 75 cents. Can't beat that. Mm. No, you cannot beat that. And, and my shirt I was $10, $10 oh, for this little number. I, and you're shining like a well, bright star. Chin. So I'm going to check that in. Okay. Okay. And how much of a kickback are you getting? That I'm well, not involved in. I'm going to let them know that we talked about them on our podcast and see uh-huh. if they want to be a sponsor now. Oh, sure. Yeah. And if they Just want like to Ann Taylor us. will be a sponsor for me, they'd be go, please right. don't tell right. people. Please do not tell people. Please do not tell people that's what you're wearing. Because mm, you, mm, mm. Nope. Mm. So um, we joked, but I will say that I would like to say that our episode is brought to us today by our good friends Steve Sharp and Angela Cleveland and the book that they wrote which is 50 plus tech tools for school counselors it, which is wonderful and I use it constantly uh, it is it, it has those some of the things in there that I have used would I have would have not known about and it's all in one a one-stop shop for school counselors and I love these two people. They are some of the best people on earth. So we love we love Angela Cleveland and Stephen Sh- Steve Sharp. And it's such a good book. It is. And you probably don't know this. So I am telling you something. I'm, I'm revealing some news right now to you. But um, their publisher, Corwin, they have just launched the 50 plus tech tools for school counselors resource center on their website. So now they have lots of free and quick guides and resources um, right there on their website that you can go to um, that go right along with this book. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. It is exciting. I love things that are at your fingertips and 
and that are just doable. And this is an easy read. I mean, it's just look it up, use it. So I'm excited about that. Well, I'm excited to say that what we're going to do with this book is we have a session coming up at ASCA and um, a couple of other projects in the works related to school counseling hacks. And so we are going to be posting some questions on our social media. And what we want you guys to do is go and give us some of your favorite school counseling hacks. And of course, we will mention you in our session and give you credit. We give credit where credit is due most of the time. Sometimes we take credit and make our name bigger um, on the quote. Until, until we get that little letter from the lawyer going. Exactly. <laughs> We've learned our lesson. and oh, Just, we, to, you know, one time shame on me, two times shame on you, Laura. So now and we will give credit it. because we've learned our lesson. Yes. Um, but anyway, we want you to tell us some of your favorite school counseling hacks. We have different categories. So be watching for that on our Instagram. And what we're going to do is everybody who submits an idea will get a chance to win an autographed copy of this book, 50 plus tech tools for school counselors. And, and also Angela, they're going to share those with, you know, once those go, I mean, oh, yeah. you once know, it's you just like we're that, making this, um, it'll, everybody will be sharing theirs. And so we, we love those. Everybody yeah. can use those. So this, um, Angela put a note in with this and she said, this is a rare copy signed by her and Steve and it's worth millions. And so you will get a book worth millions. If we draw your name, everybody will be eligible for it. And um, it'll just be whoever comes out of the bucket. Yeah, that's exciting. So, and, and really exciting to share categories. So what are some of the categories that'll be coming up as over the, the next few weeks as we share hacks? We are going to talk about organization. We're going to talk about... Organization hacks. Yep. Um, I think we've got... Things around the school, things around home home that you might have that are hacks. Yep. Um things that you might get from the dollar store. I think that may be one or Amazon hacks, things that you could use that grab hold of and use. So there was a there was a lot. I think some of them are tech hacks. Apps, like some apps. some cope coping apps that yeah. we could use. Uh so we can all share these with one another and then that that will be exciting. Things you use in individual counseling, things you use in small groups. Um, and whole groups. So yeah, just be watching for those posts. Okay. And really, this goes right along with the two guys that we're going to be talking to today. I'm very excited for us to talk with them. Um, I'm excited too. You have gotten me excited because you have talked about them before. Yeah. I listened to their session on um, ASCA. Like once we got back from ASCA, I Got mm-hmm. caught up on all the sessions that we missed that were recorded. And uh, so this was one of them that I listened to one day. And um, I was blown away by some of the things that they shared and just the way they bantered back and forth. It reminded me a lot of you and me. Oh, the male oh, versions no. of us. Yes. Yeah, that's neat. So anyway, well, I wish we had met them. I know. I'm excited. In person, but, we, but we're going to. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. All right, so let's get started talking to our um, the male version of you and me. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys, we are so excited to have you here with us today. And I have been bragging on y'all and telling everybody about the session that I listened to at ASCA. Um, thank goodness ASCA does did the ASCA at home version. So I was able to attend presentations in person and then catch up on some of them that were going at the same time we were or something like that. So I kicked myself when I got home for not actually coming to your presentation because I've decided that you guys are the male versions of Kim and me, the way that you interact. It was so much fun to listen to y'all together. So very good job. And so you just presented on practical things that counselors can do um, in individual sessions, group sessions. Um, and so it's just very helpful. So why don't we start with you guys introducing yourselves and then we will go from there. My name is Wilson Harvey, um, and it's a pleasure to be here. I know you all got a fantastic thing going here with the podcast, so thankful to have a chance to hop on. I'm a social-emotional learning specialist at uh, Buchanan Upshur High School in Buchanan, West Virginia. And really what that means is I just get a chance to focus a lot on um, the mental health aspect of school counseling uh, at the high school level, which is pretty exciting. Um, and this is my third year in the field. Um, Really, really love getting to do what I get to do here. Um, and so just excited to join. That's great. That's so exciting uh, that you get to be the social emotional specialist at your school and especially at a high school level. I've always said that high school counseling is like two different jobs. And so the fact that you get to focus on the social emotional part of that is huge to your school and school system. So that's wonderful. Very thankful that our counties uh, promoted that, and and the tools we're going to talk about today really come in handy with that kind of work. So I bet. So I'm here. Well, it's not your turn to speak, so you're going to have to wait because I'm passing the talking stick to Richard. Okay, take it away, Richard. Kim, Laura, thank you, guys, uh, ladies, for having us. My name is Richard Tench. I am a high school counselor at St. Albans High School, West Virginia. Uh, I also serve on the ASCA board of directors, and this year I am um, the chair of the board. Um, so that's been a great experience as well. Um, I love that you guys have invited us here, and I think it's I think it's interesting that Laura, you said that Wilson and I interact the way you and Kim interact. Um, and I find it interesting because um, this presentation that you watched was the first time we ever presented together. How funny. So I, I find it very interesting that, that you say that because we've never done this presentation together ever. That was the first time. So, Wow. I'm so glad you guys did you, it. How did you guys meet to, to do this together? Well, one of the nice things about West Virginia, I'll say, is that uh, we're a small state. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty easy, especially when you go to conferences, you network here. Uh, to meet other counselors within the state, and, and certainly we've had connections. I'll let you pick up on that, but uh, that's one of the nice things about being in a place like this. Okay, I just have to say, I've got to address the elephant in the room. What is the deal with Wilson's voice? I love it. <laughs> I, I'm into accents. I mean, I'm really into accents, but that's like I mean, it's like it's very deep, and I don't know, like a Yellowstone. Like you should be on Yellowstone or something. <laughs> I am loving your voice. Yeah, we're we're uh, we've got some some nice accents here in West Virginia. I'll tell you. So, uh, 
I am loving it. I'm loving it. This is is what I think is we have to address. And that is um, whenever I first contacted you guys to see if you would be interested in being on one of you, and I can't remember which one it was. One of you said, can we wait until November? So football season will be over. And I'm thinking as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, we've got an avid football fan on our hands because who would ever imagine that the school counselor would also be the football coach? So, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Who's the foot? Uh, Richard, are you the football coach or Wilson? Are you the football coach? I was, uh, I, was <laughs> I was one of our assistants. Um, so no, it, it's a, it's a fun hobby I've done on the side. Uh, definitely. Uh, when I've had the chance to, but yeah. Uh, just created a way to try to break down that barrier again, you know, as you're sitting here and we're doing social emotion. Yes. You know, you look at, uh, you know, big tough men and trying to show them, hey, listen, you know, it's okay to not always have to be big and tough. So That's a great idea. And I'm going to add that to my goals for next year to be the football coach. I like it. I think <laughs> you got it. You've got the hands for it, Laura. I do. It's in my heart. <laughs> I have the size and stature for sure. So, um, so the session that I attended, you guys were like, um, I listened to it, and you guys were just sharing tool after tool, and that is what people love to hear about. So uh-huh. let's uh-huh. jump right in and um, let's get started on that. So tell us how you started uh, like what was your inspiration for using uh like visuals visual aids and things like that i mean for for me the the inspiration really comes from two amazing professors that we have here in west virginia um ed jacobs and chris schimmel who have come up with this book to really um make counseling more interactive and these are things i learned in grad school um, going through, Wilson had the opportunity to learn directly from these two uh, professors. Uh, went through a different program. I didn't interact with them directly as much, but it's just a way to really engage counseling. And I think I, when I entered the counseling field, I feel like I kind of entered at a time where there was still the new guard, old guard, many ways of counseling. And this has really stuck with me as a way to truly engage. And when you start start to engage at different levels other than maybe the more traditional mindset of the G word guidance. Some of us will say it once and then leave it, leave it, leave it be. Um, Some of those counselors kind of weren't as engaged. And I don't think students got as engaged when, when you weren't working in a mindset, well, Hey, this can be fun. It's kind of like when you're in the classroom, think about just like you're educating in a classroom if you, if you don't mix it up, your classes get bored. Students get disengaged because they come into the classroom five days a week in here and they have the same setup. You may do some notes and some lecture, take a quiz and be done. Um, so I, I see counseling working in the education system the same way. You can't just talk all the time. You got to do some stuff to make it fun for students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and as Richard said, we're kind of accolade to this idea that Dr. Jacobs and Dr. Shim will you know, proposed with their impact therapy book um, years ago. And I, I'm fortunate I had the chance as a little kid. I've known Dr. Jacobs my whole life. He started teaching me transactional analysis through creative means when I was six. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, um, what we believe really is that this is a multi-sensory approach to counseling. And, and we think that's imperative 
with clients of any age, but when you look at students and you look at the work we're going to do in schools, whether you're sitting there doing college and career work, whether you're sitting there and you're doing that social emotional side of things, it is imperative that you engage them and it's imperative that you do things that stick. Um, you know, I, I think there's validity to the basic talk, listen format, but like Richard said, if you don't like, just like in a general classroom, if all you do is lecture and you don't vary the format, you know, we know, you know, the, the research has come out about things like learning styles has shown us, okay, learning styles may not be valid but what we do know is when you change the format and you vary things up and you make it creative and multi-sensory that's when people are going to learn and that's when you're going to see real impact in your counseling as well I love it yes that's so good we uh, talk a lot about using experiences in school counseling and switching things up and so when I heard your session it went right along with what we had spoken about in one of our sessions. Um, and we called it movement, music, and magic. And you guys were talking about the same things that when you can get the students moving and when you can show them something that uh, really sticks with them. So why don't you share some of those tools? Where does your mind go first whenever you think about some of the tools that you guys talked about? They're endless. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, Wilson, you can you can start. Well, I, I'll tell you this: if you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, what are some basic things I can do to be creative? Because we we can run through a whole bevy of tools today, but two things that everybody has in their office, or well, hopefully you have one of them, and then the other one maybe not so much: chairs and a whiteboard. If you don't have chairs, then we really got to work with your school district. <laughs> uh, and, that, and I know for some, that's a possibility. I, I don't want to <laughs> overcheat that, right? But, but one of the tools I use the most is chairs in enacting psychodramas because it's so useful even just to help students project. You know, it, it could be I'm sitting here, I'm talking with a kid about college. So I pull out a chair and I say, if this chair represents where you want to get to in terms of your goals with college, or in terms of getting to an A in your class or a C in your class, okay, what's it going to take to get there? And so we could build up and we could talk about, okay, what are the steps? And just that visualization can help them really think through things more concretely. It's also really useful with theory-based uh, work. I do a lot. If you're not familiar with transactional analysis, I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. There's some great videos, but it talks about ego states. And so chairs are really, really useful when I'm trying to help students realize and strengthen various ego states, like working on their rational side, working on their nurturing side, and trying to talk back to their self-critical or kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy of of doom and gloom. Um, so just going and having them switch those modalities, sit here in this chair, and I've got a little chair in my office too. So I'll say, you know, if they're struggling with that sort of doom and gloom, what I'd call the hurt child piece, I'll have them sit there and, and we go back and forth. And it, it almost turns into a bit of a debate of sorts and trying to teach them to sit in the thinking chair, the adult chair. The other tool that I use that should be hopefully easy to access as a whiteboard. 
writing things up on the board, drawing things out, letting kids write things. Just it sounds simple, but when you're looking for tools that may already be there, that can really help solidify some of what you're trying to do. I work, you know, that idea of the contract, making it the goal of the session clear. Sometimes I'll write that out on the board. So those are two really good ones to start. Richard, what are some big ones for you? I mean, I agree with both of those. And what I love about the chairs is that you can use those in any tiered intervention from three to one. Um, you can use it in the classroom setting to really just teach classroom lessons on the on the concepts that Wilson just went over with TA, for instance. Um, that could be a classroom lesson. Granted, it's not your traditional classroom lesson, but with that SEL spin, um, Wilson has more time to do some of the SELs in the classroom. I'm kind of a mixed bag of a lot of things. But that's one of the great things about thinking outside the box with some of these tools is that they're, they're not just for like the one-on-one in our offices. They can be used in individual group classroom settings. And that really kind of brings a common language to your school. And your students begin to learn to speak this language as well when they've seen it in the classroom. And hey, this classroom has seen it. So they introduce it to this, this these other students. And it can really kind of help mold what you're trying to do in your school. I use the whiteboard all the time. I'm not super fortunate. My office is a little weird. So that's kind of a whiteboard that stays under my desk. Um, I don't know about the size of a laptop, but it serves the same purpose. I don't have the space for a huge whiteboard. Really, I wish I had a wall um, of a whiteboard. Um, but really, um, to do a lot of REBT work as well, um, a lot of times students, especially at the high school level, where students take great pride in like, who they are and trying to figure out who they are. There's that peer pressure, like negative thoughts are there every day. Students are coming in with just these negative thoughts and, you know, the answer just sitting there. So really working through those and it really helps to do it on a whiteboard. Even if you don't have a whiteboard, get a piece of paper um, and put it on a piece of paper, that visual aid to help those students really realize, well, I'm telling myself this, but it's really not true. Um, it's really impactful to put that on a whiteboard or down on a piece of paper. I use the styrofoam cups all the time. I have a sleeve of a hundred styrofoam cups in one of my desk drawers. And that can be used from anything to self-worth, to thought processes, to, you know, friendship dynamics um, about how the fragility of who we are and what humans possess and how easily that can be torn down by others. Um, when you're when you're working with students, um, one that's probably more popular if you were, let's say, an elementary or middle school counselor um, at the high school, I don't use it as much. But just having that clipboard or something to use as a shield and teaching mm -hmm. students how to discern between those things that they need to let into their lives, things that bring them joy, things that bring them positivity, things that lift them up and those things that aren't adding value to their life and using that shield. Like I said, at the high school level, don't use that quite as much, but those elementary and middle school counselors out there, that could be a really powerful tool just to demonstrate to students that not everything coming their way has to, they have to take in, that there, there, there are times to use that shield. So those I'll are, those, what, go ahead, Wilson. I was just going to say a couple things with the shield, man. I, I, I do actually use that at the high school level because I just like being goofy, you know? And so if I'm trying to teach that kid to, to, you know, because you're talking, that's a big REBT idea or CBT. 
when you're thinking about being able to combat irrational thinking, your shield is those rational thoughts. And so I got a bunch of little plush balls and I have a little plexiglass piece and I just have them try to block, <laughs> block the ball. And that's the, they, they're, they're, they try to, they'll remember I've got to have my shield up. They might not remember the long list of rational ideas we put on the board, but they'll remember, okay, I practiced saying those ideas. I got to put my shield up. That's what I got to do. And you may have heard Richard say something that might have thrown you if you're listening here, um, talking about ants in your brain. <laughs> and that's another creative idea. I love that. Automatic negative thoughts. Um, you know, I, the idea and little kids especially, there's little sticky brains you can get. I know Dr. Shory Stone, who's a big impact therapy acolyte over at George Mason uh, in Virginia. She goes around, she gives people sticky brains with little sticky ants that stick to them to give kids the idea, hey, you've got a pattern with these automatic negative thoughts. And so what we've got to try to do is we've got to try to get into that thinking brain and really try to combat some of those negative thoughts that come from what we would call that hurt or not okay child ego state. So um, the key to all this, if you're going to do it from a social emotional standpoint, I think is that it comes from a theoretical framework, right? And, and even if you're going you know, at it from a college career standpoint, however you're going to do it, these become just gimmicks if you don't have that base, Right. And, and so, you know, what am I trying to if I just say to a kid, hey, you got to have your shield up, but I'm not explaining. OK, and I'm not teaching them how to do that cognition, then that's, you know, it's going to be a pretty empty, empty message. So I think that's so important what you're saying there, Wilson, because I think. Uh, we, we get excited. I think counselors get really excited at conferences and everything when we hear these ideas of things. Hey, I can get that. I can do that. I was already thinking I have got a huge whiteboard. I don't use my whiteboard a lot at all, but um, I'm going to now. But I think mm -hmm. that's so important. What you're saying is making sure that when I leave this classroom, I've made this image in my mind of what whatever you're using. If it's the styrofoam cups, it's for you know showing how fragile are the uh, you know the clipboards. Making sure that they are they are connecting. That when I go out into the world, oh, I can remember this image that I have. Uh, these are just. I'm very excited, and I know our listeners love this kind of thing. They love counselors love to get ideas from each other. And especially things that we have, you guys have not named anything that wouldn't be easily that we've not seen easily or couldn't get a hold of easily and using those in, in a very practical way. What's so nice about these things, I think, too, especially as you think about a school, you think about tier one interventions, right? We're tasked mm -hmm. with the idea of school wide mm -hmm. intervention. I'm very big on the idea of creating common culture and, and common language. These tools are really helpful if you're trying to do that, right? Like just the very idea when you think about those ego states I mentioned in transactional analysis, I teach those in an impact therapy type of way. So I 
translated the ego states into SpongeBob characters, <laughs> you know? And so I taught my kids that. And so now I have kids that come into my office and I don't have to spend time teaching them these ego states a lot of time because I've already done advisory lessons on, Hey, here's, you know, you're, you're sitting here and you're in your, your Sandy ego state, or you're in your, you know, squ- you're, you're really in your Squidward today. And so, if you do that groundwork, you know, or you talk about the cup, you know, how, where are you feeling in terms of, you know, how full your cup is, you know, it just helps to create that common language um, as you try to really build that social emotional base. So. That is great. And I don't think we've ever had anybody say something like that. And we've had a lot of speakers that, that common language, you're developing it as the school counselor. I'm, this is what we're going to, and you're right. It does. And it's so simple. I love the. I knew exactly the Sandy brain. I know that. <laughs> I know that brain and and the Squidward brain. And kids can relate to that too. And uh, you know, Laura and I do a lot of, of, of talking. And and I think you guys would be great people to have these conversations with. Is you know that that students need to when we unplug, right? When we unplug and we're off the social media stuff and and uh, it's these experiences. And if we make these experiences for kids, it, it, it marks time for them. You know, there's so much lecturing or there's so much, even great things on the computer. And we saw through the pandemic, it really wasn't marking time for us. Uh, in fact, you know, it was just all a blur, right? And so we really see, and that's, that's how this generation, they crave experiences. And even going back to uh, old school type experiences that these kids may, it, it's, it's exciting and new to them. You pull, you know, you pull out something that was really old school and it's so exciting to these kids because they crave experiences. And we see that in the market, you know, we see that in the business world with, you know, kids don't need to go to the mall anymore because uh, they can buy it online, but they want that experience. And so you guys are giving us a lot of great ideas for creating experiences that kids are going to remember. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to these creating experiences, it works well because our brain's naturally chemically induced to want novelty. Our brain loves the idea of new things. So when we introduce and when you take these counseling concepts, which could be very daunting to students and put them in a way that makes it tangible to them, their brain gets it. When you take TDA and make it into a cartoon, they're like, well, I get the cartoon. I know those things. So it's the same thing. So that is kind of the, one of the benefits of thinking creatively and using, um, I'm sorry, hat um, and using these techniques is that a, um, as the counselor, you, you're you not limited to knowing every theory or just one theory. Your theoretical approach can be whatever you was comfortable with you, and you can make these techniques work. Um, some work better with other theory-based um, foundations, but bringing novelty into counseling, I think, is the best part of this for me. It's not like going through grad school and reading that textbook and writing that paper of which theory is best for you this really allows you to be you as a counselor and allows counselors to have fun too, because I want to have fun every day at work. I want to go to work, have fun, enjoy my job, enjoy seeing my students grow. And I just think this makes it easy and fun for me knowing that I'm growing, they're growing together. You know, this 
we're making an impact. Mm-hmm. For this to be high school, Laura, you know, I, know. I, mean, I mean, I was a high school counselor and I did believe in, um, you know, as much novelty and fun. And, and I had teams that I helped, we would meet, you know, how, how can we get messages across in a fun and unique way? But for a lot of high school counselors, that's very difficult. And I get it. I, I Kudos. I've done it. I know how hard it is to get these kids ready for college. And uh, also, they're in bigger bodies that can drive cars. And it scares me when they're in such an emotional brain, you know. And, and uh, uh, you have that worry as a high school counselor. What, what are these kids? Gonna, all counselors do. But, but as they get older and have more freedoms, that weighed heavy on my mind a lot. And I know it does yours too but as a high school counselor having time or just feeling that it's okay to do these things I guess do you find that to be true that some high school counselors feel like it's harder to let down their guard and just have fun I think um, there's definitely a lot of trepidation about that in the field and I think there's some folks who do some amazing work I'll tell you I've I've worked with some of the most fun people uh, I'll tell you, in my experience, uh, I think about uh, some of the folks, you know, when I was back in Northern Virginia, at Charles J. Colgan High School, and, you know, you had folks who came up with this wonderful idea, John Augusto, Chantel White, did this brilliant High Five Friday thing, which I've retconned and taken over here and I did over there with them. Little things like that on a tier one level, which, you know, it doesn't seem like creative counseling per se, but when you're building that rapport and that relationship and you are, you know, stepping out there dressing like a madman, you know, <laughs> high-fiving kids in the hallway, that's really powerful. But I do think you're, you're speaking to something important at the high school level. I think some of it's trepidation. I've seen that. I've also seen sometimes just exactly what you were talking about, the sheer weight of, okay, you've got the college and career side, you've got scheduling is on your plate and you've got transcripts, you've got NCAA clearinghouse, you got this, 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 and this. Oh, and by the way, here's the crisis counseling before you can ever get to anything proactive. Um, and so I think there, there is a very big challenge there. And at the same time, that's why advocacy is so important because mental health at the high school level, my gosh, I mean, this is crunch time. So... Yeah. Yeah. I think more so than ever and more so than ever and uh, coming off of a lot of the trauma, well, still in the trauma, but um, I think uh, we're as far as what we have been talking to folks and and I'm sure it's probably the same for you guys too. This um, it's almost like it's intensified. It's all been there on the surface and now we just can't handle it anymore. We're seeing a lot more mental health needs, more, more than I've ever seen in my career. So uh, I know you guys are seeing that too, but um, any more, I did in Laura, I know I'm talking too much. I, That's see, okay. I see you, you've got that look and, and plus you have your shoulder pads on today. Yeah, kudos to you for Thank wearing you. those shoulder pads. If you think that Wilson was going to ask you to do his football team, you're <laughs> good going, girl. You dress appropriately. You can come play linebacker for us. There you go. I could. <laughs> I mean, Wilson, she's also wearing the blue. I mean, hey. Perfect. That's Buccaneer blue that. right there. There we go. Perfect. If, uh, I, if I had known, if I had known, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so, any other ideas? 
Well, Kim, I'll just mention this before we we go to that. I think you hit on a really important point there, though. The the need is so paramount right now. Mm. And it always has been. I think sometimes we lose sight. You know, we say there's a mental health crisis now. I mean, sitting here in West Virginia, the mental health crisis was here long before COVID was. When we look at the opioid epidemic, Mm. we look at everything else. I mean, um, but I think now we're talking about it. And now COVID has compounded those issues. And we've also had, you know, across the country, we've seen the impact of racial injustice on student mental health. You know, I've seen, you know, what I what appear to be significantly high levels of homophobic bullying, transphobic bullying. So we, we've had just so many issues. Um, and I think when we look at these solutions, one hesitation folks might have is they might say, hey, I like this. It sounds good. But isn't that creative stuff kind of trivializing the significant trauma? And the answer to that is you've got to be very smart about how you time this stuff, right? You build the rapport, you work through, you do some of these, this deep work, but you know, if you've got, you've got to trust your gut as you go and certainly don't do it in a time that's insensitive. But I've seen in some really deep sessions with some really significant stuff, some of these tools, especially you talk about the cup of worth, you talk about um, some of the other things that we may mention, like the dollar bill, have a really powerful impact on kids that are dealing with really heavy things. Um, so Richard, I'll let you share a couple um things there if you got any off the top well well, i'm going to bounce off what you just said and it's really about knowing your students and and knowing that need of of when to use some of these skills i mean i i use the skills on a regular basis obviously though in those trauma situations you you wouldn't use such um skills but Mm -hmm. they're going back to like practical things the whiteboard um and i know wilson highlighted this one at our during our presentation, the board of directors that you, you can do using a whiteboard, a piece of paper. And really this one's, you could really don't even need a whiteboard for this one. You can give a kid a blank piece of paper and do the board of directors um, and have them draw out um, who's the board of directing in their lives and who, who helps them make those big decisions, who helps them analyze what's going on, who do they turn to, how, who has helped them develop their thought processes? Like where, where are they and who has made them who they are uh, mm-hmm. kind of questions. So it's, it's interesting when you do an exercise like this, that students really begin to see like where they've picked up some of their thought processes and why they, why they are who they are. Um, I actually do a classroom lesson on like, who are you um, really having them analyze their self-beliefs from having them examine some of their family dynamics, um, kind of like a geogram. Um, I don't use them very often, but once again, just an, an, an activity to put on paper of how students got to where they are, um, how they've developed and how their friendships have impacted their thought processes from what was passed down from their parents and kind of having them really look at how they're developing into a human being. And some of those things can be very powerful at times too. Even at times of strife and trauma, having them just calm down and center on them, having them be able to really calm down, center themselves to really say, oh, okay, this is how I'm thinking. So it can be very powerful work. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the board of directors is one of my favorites. Um, great one for groups. I'm in a group this fall on stress, and one thing you know, I had students sit down, and and it was amazing how quickly they just, I mean, just dove into it, and and they were really going at it because the idea it, it's not just okay, who's you got. You can think of it as, okay, who's helping me make the decisions, but it's also, okay, whose voice am I hearing when I'm making those decisions? Or when I'm looking at my own self-talk, who's influenced the way I view myself, right? Is it, you know, grandma always told me I need to lose weight or maybe I should have, you know, and so now I'm always thinking, okay, I got to lose weight. And that's grandma's influence in my head. It could be people who are alive or dead. It can be people who are still in your life or who have left, but my gosh, you know, these students really took to that and you can do offshoots of that to, um, you know, having students rate the people on their board of directors and my gosh, rating scales are a very good creative tool as well. But just being able to say, Hey, like, you know, on a one to 10, how good of a board member are the people on your board? Maybe, maybe grandma's, you know, a three when it comes to your own self-image, but she's a nine when it comes to financial advice. So grandma can vote on the financial issues, but grandma doesn't get to have a vote when it comes to how I perceive myself. So that's a great tool. I'm glad you mentioned that one, Rich. That's a great lesson. Yeah, that is a great lesson. I love that. I, I, I'm doing a success small group with eighth grade, eighth grade students. Mm-hmm. And we just did the voices, our self-esteem, where does it come from? And we looked at, Mm-hmm. the people in our lives that you know where we where we've heard these voices good or bad but I wish I had heard this before I did that lesson because I think that's such a better way because you're saying you're not throwing everything out you mean there there's you know there may be some good that they that they're bringing and, and I'm listening to that thinking gosh that would have been a better way to have taught that lesson was too late now no, I'm still with this group, so I'm, I'm going to use that. That is a great, great way. The, the key to the board, I'll add too, if you, you know, a lot of students don't draw themselves on their board. And so if you're on your board, especially if you get into being the chair of your board, you get to decide who's on the board with you. But a lot of students don't feel like they have the power. And so this can be a really powerful tool to help start having that conversation. What does it look like? Do you want to be the chair of your board? What would it look like for you to at least sit at the table? So. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. I, I'm expecting a children's book called board of directors. And it, 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 and I can see even teaching little kids. this. Yeah. It's so cute. I mean, and powerful. Uh, but I could definitely go back and redo what I've done and use this. I love it. So can you go just a little bit uh, more into the cup? You were talking about the cups. Can you explain, um, you mentioned that you use it with self-worth. Um, you use it with friendships. Can you explain how you use the cups? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give an example. For instance, so you have a styrofoam cup, um, which can be used just for about I mean, the the options are endless. Um, one thing I've done, and I've I've done it. I don't know. I may have done it last week. Um, I gave a student a cup, and they were. This was really about their their own self worth, and really it was kind of REBT issue as well. Um, I gave them the cup, 
I told them like, this is you, this is you, this is your essence. This is who you are. Then I had them, we were working through the issues they were going through and, and lots of negative self-talk. And every time she made a statement about negative self-talk, I had her poke a hole in the cup. So we got, we got through, I don't know, the few minutes of conversation. She had a pretty holy cup. So I asked her, I'm like, okay, now I want you to pour this water in the cup. I gave her a bottle of water and she did it right in my, right in my office. I had a tub, so it didn't go all over the place. Um, poured it in there and I'm like, how well does it hold water? And she's like, it doesn't. And then we really worked through those irrational thoughts using some REBT about how if you let all of this get to you, that you're not going to have anything to give to other people. You're going to let these, this, these negative talks and the, these, these things coming at you in life really break you down so you have nothing to give. So then I gave her another cup. We did the same exercise. And we worked on a few of those negative thoughts. So I had her tape up some of the holes that were near the bottom of the cup. And it held some more water. So then we just kind of really worked on when these things come into mind, how to start recognizing, like, these are your negative thoughts. These are what we need to sit down and do when these come into your head and kind of teaching her how to dispute those. Because if you have all these and let these affect you, you're never going to have anything to give to other people. Mm -hmm. What Richard's saying really highlights the importance of a styrofoam cup. I know it's bad for the environment, but it's easy to poke holes in. And one thing, <laughs> I, one thing I love to do when I demonstrate with it is I love to smash the cup and it makes an excellent sound, which is really good for the demonstration, honestly. But that's a very powerful demonstration when you look at teaching relationships or friendships. If I, you know, we, if you perceive this cup as this cup is your representative of your self-worth, Right. A lot of times when you have relationships and if you're listening here, you know, imagine you, you hold the cup. All right. And I extend it out to the other person. Right. And so I'm giving my worth to you. I'm expecting you to fill my cup, to pour into me, to add to my worth. And when I give my cup to another person, when I've got my arm extended out there, they can take it and I'll take it from them and I'll just immediately smash that cup. Right. Because what people can't, not that everybody will do it. And maybe that's where the danger can come in is you find people that maybe treat you well there and you learn that's maybe not a bad idea. But where where there's safety, it's not that I hold myself off from everybody else. I have that cup here and I invite you in. But my worth is my own. You know, and we want to teach you to get to a place where you don't need others to pour into your cup. You do that yourself. They can come share with it. It's that basic Maslow idea of be love versus de love. You know, be love being I've already, you know, I don't have that deficient need for you. I just want you to be here with me. Yeah, that's good. That is excellent. I think so. That is such an important lesson that needs to be. Um, demonstrated to starting as early as middle school that yeah. those relationships it's such a big well in some form even earlier but um that need for that other person to fulfill them as a as a human is is constant in middle school so yeah. that is a great lesson that I'm going to be using as well well I know that you guys have to go and um 
I just appreciate you guys being with us and joining us. I'd like to just go ahead and say we'd like to have you on again because I know you have more to share. So we'll have to get you guys on again sometime. Love to do yeah, that. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. And we want more of you, you guys. So we want more speaking and more writing and, and different things. Y'all together are dynamite. You're right. And they work really well together. I'll yeah. say, and I, I don't know who's listening. Um, uh, this presentation, um, Wilson will not be with me on this one, but it will be done again in Austin at the Yay. National Conference. So if people want to see some more stuff, I'll be doing it in Austin. We will be there, Richard, and look forward to meeting you in person and maybe getting a cup of coffee or something together and sharing some more great ideas. And Wilson, we will miss you, but I would love to hear more of you guys. Y'all are amazing, amazing. Well, absolutely. Trust me, y'all want to go hear this man. Richard's going to do a great yeah. job. <laughs> we um, can't wait. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Laura, I am in love. These guys are really, I, I'm ashamed of you. Really, I just want to say I'm ashamed of you because they are, they're very intelligent and creative. And I just hope it inspires you. They are everything that I wish I could be. And that reminds mm. me of a song right now. Mm. Bette Midler. Please. Sing. If you ever know that you're oh, my gosh. hero. And I'm dedicating that to Wilson and Richard. This goes out to you. And I'm a little bit embarrassed that I was talking about Wilson's voice. But was it not a great voice? You know how I love voices. So yeah. I may have blacked out and just listened to his voice. I don't know what he was talking about. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a lot of really great. Go to ideas. <laughs> Thank you. I can't, it was just like, go to what? So things that you, what we were just, what we have been talking about, things that you can easily use uh, that, but just, it, you know, I love their passion for what they're doing and talking about making it uh, memorable for the, it's more memorable and, 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 you know, like, when you are actually hands-on doing something and it wasn't that difficult. It's just some things I had never thought of. This know. is what I loved about them. I love how they bring the theories back into school counseling because, you know, so often we get, um, we hear about those theories, but they made the theories make sense. And yeah. so I'd really like to, um, I think they should write a book about. I think we the have theories. just told them that that's what we're wanting. In addition to the other book, to I was the children's to write. book, yeah, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like Russ Sabella's book and how he took solution focused, uh, solution focused counseling, and mm -hmm. made it make sense in the school counseling world. And that's mm -hmm. such a great book. I think these guys could do that with some of the other theories. Yeah, yes, and, and they seem really passionate about what they do, and yeah. very, um, and that's you know. I enjoyed, yes, you were right. They were really good. And I love people that bring ideas. Rubber meets the road. That's it. Yep. And if you guys haven't checked it out, that's what we're calling our quick 15 minute um, podcast episode that we tried for the first time um, last week. And it is rubber meets the road, 15 minute, quick, something you Nugget. can walk, nuggets. Nugget. Something you can walk away with and feel like you can implement this in your school right now. 
So you can join our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group and be watching for those social media posts so that you can get yourself a chance to win this book by our good friends, Steve and Angela. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram where we have been active for a whole week, which is a new record for us. Mm. Yeah. And um, you can also join our email list so you're up to date on everything that we release. And also, if you haven't had a chance, go give our Teachers Pay Teachers store a follow, Counselor Accents.